The following may contain language which will be offensive to some people and inappropriate for children. The topics discussed may include drugs, alcohol or be sexual in nature. This show is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. I'm serious. It's dirty. Really, really dirty. Still here? Then pour your favourite beverage, sit back, and let's get this fucking show started. Pretty cool, I got the keys ready to come in and only comment on the music. Tony. What is his name, Tony? Lois can never have Superman's baby. Ah, yes. Incredible Hulk melon body. Ah! 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 Hey, I tried to teach you how to handle comics in the sixth grade, but oh no, you wanted to play little dude instead. Aquaman's a hero! Let's see what Spider-Man number one looks like. Thank you, Trisha. We now return you to Robin Boy Wonder. The only way he could bang regular chicks is with a kryptonite condom. That would kill him. Fantastic Forum, assemble. You listen to Fantastic Forum Audience Radio's premier comic book show and your live daily show about comic books. We are the Fantastic Forum coming to you live and direct from All Game Studio Los Angeles. Hope you have a wonderful morning, afternoon, evening, or night, as the case may be, depending on where you are in the world. And if you're not, you should stick with us. We'll help you take it up a notch. You have the usual suspects in the building. On Skype, he is our riddle inside of an enigma trapped in Chinese finger cuffs. You don't know him. You'll love him anyway. He's our silent assassin, Jay. Hey, what's up? Next, he's the backbone, the pillar, the strength of Fantastic Forum, our nigh invulnerable brawler and resident strongman, Moses Magnum. What's up? And as for myself, my name is Lawrence Young. They call me Mayor Young. Welcome to Fantastic Forum. We got a great show for you today. Uh, we're going to be talking to you all about Valentine, the Avenging Angel. <laughs> Did I mess that up completely? The Dark Avenger. There it is. <laughs> Valentine, the Dark Avenger. Dark Avenging the, the movie. Angel. Say, say again, Mo? The Dark Avenging Angel. The Dark Avenging from the from Lucifer's Daughter of the Morning. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? I'm sorry. We're going to be talking to you about the movie, Valentine, the Dark Angel. Did I, did I mess it up again? Yeah. I messed it up again. The Dark Avenger. I'm sorry. Like, there was literally Valentine. a title called Dark Avengers. Like, it should resonate with that. I, I Listen, I, I think once I get to Valentine, it's like anything can come after. But uh, Valentine, The Dark Avenger. Yeah, the movie from 2016. And uh, we're also going to be talking to you this all. Say again? This from 2016? I thought so. Is that not the case? 
I'm pretty sure it's closer to 2019. Larry likes really? to cross his sixes and nines. Really? I bet huh. he does. That's wild. I thought, I don't know. I thought I thought what I read said 2016, but I could be, yeah, listen. Yeah, maybe I'm dyslexic or whatever that is. The opposite of dyslexic. I don't, or not the opposite, but when you, I don't know. It says Valentine. here 2017. Because it feels like it's from the 80s. <laughs> it definitely doesn't feel like a 2019 movie, but yeah. So, yeah. uh, Valentine. It says here, uh, is a 2016 Indonesian film, but the release date here in the U.S. was 2017. Okay. So, so it is a 2016 IMDb has it a 2019. Say what? That's so odd. Uh, IMDb has it a 2019. No. Well. And the Indonesian, the Jakarta Magazine article about it is from 2019. That's so weird. That's why. Because I like my top result here on Google is IMDb and it says twenty seventeen in parentheses, <laughs> but twenty sixteen in the description. So no one knows when Valentine existed. We know it's here now. We yeah. don't know if it was from a year ago or from four years ago or three. We don't know. But we're gonna talk about what we did see. We're gonna talk about what we do know. Uh we'll also talk about uh the comic. Semi auto magic, so we'll be talking about that as well. And we have, uh, a, and, we have huh? a wait, say that again. Semi auto magic, okay. Why, what, what happened? It sounded like you said it weird. He did. What I well, what maybe I, 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 I might have said semi. But you can say semi, can't you? Yeah, but you said semi. No, sem- like you said semi. Like semi-automatic, automagic. But you can say it's semi, like can't semi. you? You can you say it with the E. You sounded like you said it with the A. Like semi. Oh, semi. No, I, I don't think I said yeah. that. But maybe, I don't know. We I did say semi and semi. Huh? We have to check the archives. There it is. Archive but robot. Indeed, indeed. We also have a. Mpf. I don't know what that is. It's a Moses Magnum promotional heavy metal minute. <laughs> <laughs> wait, what? What do we? Wait, what? Okay, okay. So we have that. <laughs> I didn't know we had those. I'm. Mpf. I didn't either till there was only like one news story. This whole okay. weekend. <laughs> got you. Got you. Uh, and of course, we'll bring you the latest and greatest in comic book news and whatever else it is that you all want to talk about. So, uh, and I guess we can tell you how to do that. Uh, oh, well, actually, before we do that, we want to make sure we thank Mr. Scott Rubin, I should say. The Allgames Radio Network. Of course, you all, the Allgames community, for longest time, equipment, opportunity, and ability to talk about this meeting that we love so much, which are comic books. So if you want to get down with Fantastic Forum, here's how you can do it. Want to get in on the action? Call Fantastic Forum on Skype and join the fun. Too shy to call in? That's okay. You can join the Discord chat room available at allgames.com slash live. Join the party. You know you want to. But yeah. 
Oomph. I, yeah, I agree. Oomph. <laughs> so, uh, how's everybody feeling? Y'all doing good? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing good. I like, uh, I like the Turtle. morning shows. <laughs> you like what? I like the morning shows. Yeah, morning shows are pretty cool. So it's a nice way to start the day off. Well, maybe not start, but you know, you know what I'm saying. A nice way, a nice part of the morning, I guess. Uh, yeah, for me, Begin. it's like lunchtime. I know. I believe that for you, right? You know, you wake up at the crack of dawn. It's like. <clears throat> it's like I was preparing for this, like, by being an old man. <laughs> like, like, prematurely. It's like, wake up at the crack of dawn, swallow two raw eggs, take, you know, four to five pills, do my calisthenics, then eating lunch by 10 a.m. and doing a show, talking shit for the next couple hours. There it is. Do you really eat raw eggs? No, I mean, I have, but no, I don't. I just, it's funnier, like, to picture me as an old man eating the raw egg because that's, like, the old method of taking in raw protein from, right, like, from right. the 40s. <laughs> yeah. when, when people didn't know what salmonella was. Well, they did, but, you know, it wasn't politicized like it is now. Oh, <laughs> politiz- politicization of it? Yeah. And, like, yeah. So okay, that's fair. That's fair. Well, I guess uh, should we just go ahead and get into some of this stuff? Uh, sure. What do you all want to talk about first? Well, Let's... I didn't. Unfortunately, I didn't get to watch Valentine, but I am curious after seeing oh. what it is. I couldn't get a, a press copy, and I no longer have Prime. So Got it. Got it. I didn't it. get to watch that's... it, but I am curious. Well, listen, then let's just get into that. Hold on, let me play the re- the theatrical review music. Oh, please do, theater. You know, sometimes I listen to that, just like in between songs on my iPod. It makes sense to me. It's It always feels like a good time. Theater. Jay, please tell us about Valentine, the Dark Avenger. Valentine, the Dark Avenger is a movie based on the comic book character, uh, the Skylar Comics character, Valentine. And uh, it's an Indonesian comic book, an Indonesian comic book movie. Um. It's weird. They don't really promote themselves well because it's really hard to get info about the comic. And they don't sell it on Comixology. So I think they're trying to be obscure. (laughs) But the movie's about a woman who's a waitress and her dad dies. And she wants to be an actress. And uh, she comes across a producer that's trying to make a movie by filming random events and showing I don't know how he's planning to make this movie but he tells her that he's going to film her fighting crime and that it will somehow become a movie and she doesn't question it like a sane person would she just goes along with it and uh, so she starts fighting crime 
and you know she goes through the part where she has a cape which someone chokes her out with it and then she ends up getting padding to help her fight and she's like jumping from vans like the top of one van to the top of another and then she's like I don't see how this is making a movie so we should stop and then the guy goes the producer goes and gets himself killed and she's like oh maybe I should just be a hero and not make a movie and so she fights this crime lord the shadow who is bringing order through uh, order through terror and uh yeah he's like mad at the police so he's trying to enforce will by terrorizing everyone and so valentine she goes and she like starts a fight with them and then eventually he gets shot and that's valentine the dark <laughs> avenger i love you jay i really do man i just i don't don't tell you enough like i want to do uh uh like it, it's kind it's jay is an artist um because the way he explains things is what they are but it, it, it you know depending on how he does it you could tell how he kind of feels about it and uh but you can't give him direction but i would want to do a series of joe synopsizes things you know yeah. with, with yeah. little like you know i, I want to do that even if it's just voiceover on like slideshows but but yeah, I want to do that. Like, if you follow us on Instagram, you probably saw him dissecting the Birds of Prey trailer when it first came out, and that was one of my favorite things. It's still on there. I probably reposted it like five times since then. Because <laughs> every time, every time I I see it, I'm like, you know what? I love this. I love this. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, man. This is such a weird little movie, man. It's so weird. Uh, um, like it's so weird that I was just like, "What?" Like that. The reason why I knew the date was I was like, "What? What's the story behind this joint?" Like, <laughs> you know, what I'm like why? Why did they make this? <laughs> and yeah, I mean, it's weird because when I was looking at the picture of the comic book character, I was like, "That looks kind of familiar to me." I don't know where I would have seen it though, but. You know, that was actually something that I was going to ask you all, just because I'm like, is this something that we read sometime before? But apparently not. The way that, you well, know, she Jay... looks like Hit Girl. She looks like what? She looks like Hit Girl. Like yeah. in the comic? Yeah. The comic picture of her looks like Hit Girl. That's true. She does look like, like Hit Girl, like after the fact, like when she grew up a little bit, right? Like, right. Hit, like Hit Girl yeah. 3. <laughs> but I don't know. Like, it's something, like, it, she looked. But maybe, yeah, maybe it is just maybe similarities to Hit Girl. I was thinking I had seen that character, but but I could I sure couldn't remember anything, like reading anything about it. And then looking at like the, the story here, I was just like like it's just a, just a strange little flick, but and it, you know, I can't call it a good movie because it just has so many holes in so many different places. But it was highly entertaining, though. <laughs> like, I literally laughed out loud yeah. at particular things. 
Yeah, it feels like an 80s movie in the fact that they it doesn't feel it feels like it doesn't want you to question stuff. Right. Like, you know, in the 80s things could just happen. Right. And right. that's this movie like things kind of just happen. And like if you think of it that way, like it's actually pretty entertaining. Like the stunt oh, yeah. work and the fight choreography yeah. is pretty decent. Um I actually do like the costume. Like Look, it's simple, costume, but it does yeah. its job. Absolutely. And and it the progression of it throughout the film is like that's a kick ass costume. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I guess you could say that like literally and figuratively, right? Like <laughs> that's a kick ass <laughs> costume. That's a kick girl. Nice pun. <laughs> but I'm just like and I even liked the the costume work for the shadow, which you know, I mean, it's very simple, but it, it did the job, and it was, like, striking from the beginning. I was looking at the dude's mask, and I'm like, oh, it's a cool ass mask. It's so... Yeah. You know what's another thing that was interesting about this? That I was just like, you know, you don't... Well, I and you can help me with this, Jay, because I definitely need confirmation here. Um, so... Shadow has like three hench women that are like yeah. that are with him, you know, basically throughout. Were were or at least I believe they were the three. There were three hench women that were with him throughout, but they change costumes like every time that, or not costumes, but change their appearance every time we see them. Right, Jay? Yeah. Like, the clown girl has, like, a bunch of different colorful costumes. Um, the boxer, uh, her look changes up a little bit. And then the third one, I feel like she's the most... She's the most generic one. So I actually didn't notice if her costume changed. But, yeah, the clown definitely went through a bunch of different costumes. Yeah, her costume does change. It, it kind of has, like, it's, like, one has, like, a, almost like a lingerie, like, BDSM kind of thing going on with it. And that's why it's hard to, like, hard to notice the differences because it's really all, like, you know, kind of, like, bustiers and, and leather. So it's, like, it, it all kind of... It's just very small variations on that same theme. The mm-hmm. I, I feel like the boxer person, I think what she's doing is different variations of of like of boxing, I think. Like I think one is like actual like was like actual like US boxing type joint, and then another time it was like kind of like a kickboxing kind of motif. And then like but she had like three or four changes, so I don't even know if I know all of them. You know what I'm saying? Like, and then right. the, the the clown was like you said was interesting because, yeah, like she had different motifs throughout. Like one was like almost like a the, I think the first time we saw her was almost like a happy face kind of thing going on, but it wasn't like the direct like you know it wasn't like the Watchman happy face. It was just kind of like no, it was minions. Oh, you know what? I wasn't. I didn't. I didn't count. I didn't count. I wasn't thinking about that time. You're right. It was like a minions thing the first time. You're right. Wow. I didn't even. I didn't even realize that's what she was doing. Wow. And then there's a point where she does like 
a, a Batman theme kind of thing with the with the Joker makeup, but she's wearing like a Batman costume. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then there's another point where she's a mime. <laughs> and I'm just like, right. like, what is going on? Like, why? Why? Like, I guess what I'm trying to figure out is obviously the film has a budget. <laughs> right? It's like, why are we spending yeah. the money? Why are we spending the money on all these different costume changes? Like, <laughs> but maybe that was just something they did themselves. I don't know. It was it was different though. It was interesting because I was just like, I don't know if I've ever seen that before. Where it's like, you know, these fools have different looks like every day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay. I'm like, no, that's that's interesting because it's like they're still themed, but they're just like, no, we're not gonna wear the same thing. That would be that'd be weird. <laughs> Right. <laughs> um, you know what really but, stands out to me, real quick, without having watched it, is I put yeah. the picture of the Blu-ray cover in chat, the movie poster. Mm-hmm. If you actually zoom, put that in full size, like it's a really well-drawn poster. Like it does. I don't think it's a photograph. It's like a painting. And I believe that. And I think they might have spent all their budget on that poster <laughs> from what i hear but yeah but it looks uh, that poster looks great no i mean it definitely looks like something you want to see yeah but it's just it's so weird because like jay does peg it right where the the dude you see on the right of the poster is the producer guy right and right, right from the beginning it's just like wait what what is happening because he like they show a picture or a scene with him trying to pitch this movie, and the guy like he, <laughs> it's like like I tell you the joint is really entertaining because like little strange things happen where you're just like, wait, what? Like he he's basically talking to this guy and saying like, hey man, the kids they they watch the news and all they see is is like 80% of what they see is is violence and they're taught that they need to to sur- uh they they're taught they need to survive not thrive you know just survive and it's like I want you to make this movie valentine to give the kids hope you know <laughs> which I'm just like I mean okay like that seems like there's a lot wrong with just that premise the idea that you know like I don't know who's forcing their children to watch the news but okay hey you know let's go yeah kids are watching news and they're very distraught and so they need this superhero movie to get made to give them hope I okay fine let's just go with that the guy tells him which I I'm I like I don't think the guy is a I don't think he's a movie producer I don't but I don't know. I don't know who he, if he, if for whatever reason it felt like he worked in a TV station, but I don't know. Whatever, maybe it's a TV movie. I don't know. But the guy goes to him, "Hey man, I'm not here to 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 give hope. I'm here to make money." And the guy goes, "Thank you for your time," and gets up and walks away. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. He don't try to like sell him or be like, "Hey man, you can make hope and money." He just like he just gets up and walks away. Like that's that's the end of the scene. Uh, Bert- and I'm just like, I'm just like, wait, what? 
<laughs> what happened? I'm like, is for real? Like, this is it, huh? Like, man, that guy, he sure did try that hard, but okay. Uh, you know. Burr in chat says, it's weird how there's like no reviews at all. But there's, oh. well, thanks to us, there's one now. <laughs> and so, and so the guy, which it, it, it's so, again, it's like just very little, like small, strange choices. And I, maybe this is something about like, like maybe it's a cultural thing. Like, you know, it's an Indonesian film and maybe things work different. I, I don't know. You know, it's like, but so the guy leaves and I guess he's made a decision that he's going to, he's going to make this movie on his own. Right. But he, you know, we don't see that. It cuts to a scene of this guy who's like putting on some sort of like fashion show or something. Right. And it's like literally backstage. And there are all these women that are like, you know, it's, it's like, it looks like a fashion show um, dressing room, you know, and I, if, if anybody's familiar with this kind of thing, which, you know, you, you've seen it in movies where it's like a lot of women, you know, backstage, some of them are, you know, they're in different states of, of undress, you know what I mean? And it's not a place generally where you have anybody that's like not actually a part of the show back there, you know, it's because obviously it's like an intimate kind of setting and, you know, people like, you know, you don't want just anybody walking in there. So this guy is like, you know, like kind of primping some or preparing some of the, you know, different models in the back here that are getting ready to go do whatever this show is that they are because they don't tell us. And the guy walks in the door and kind of just leans in the doorway, right? He doesn't announce himself or say anything. He just leans in the doorway. And so it's definitely like mad creepy, right? Because he like literally just kind of leans in there and just stays there. And then they cut back to the other guy or whatever. He's doing his thing and it cuts back to the producer dude and he's just watching this guy. And I'm just like, what is about to happen here? Like, what is what is going on? And another dude comes up to the fashion guy and he's like, there's a, a man here. And he points back at him. And the guy looks at him, and they exchange this this glance for a while, too. And then it just cuts away to them talking together in, in a different scene, and it turns out they're friends. And it's just like, so this guy, like, went backstage of this fashion show and just kind of, like, walked in unannounced. Like, no one knew he was coming. Um, And just was like sitting there glaring I guess waiting for his friend to like kind of notice that he was there or somebody to notice he was there instead of like I, it, it was just very weird like just because it was like if I could totally see the girls messing around and being like who's this creepy dude in the doorway because <laughs> he obviously doesn't belong there but apparently these guys go way back somehow that we don't know and he needed his help to find a, a girl to be in the movie that is pretty and knows martial arts. And that scene is a whole fiasco in and of itself, too, because <laughs> oh, like it's it's insane. It's it's the whole movie has like just all these like little random things like, oh, wait, <laughs> there's another scene. 
this is much later in the film. Um, where she's chasing these these criminals into like their their hideout, right? You know, there's a whole parkour scene that is unnecessary. That it's just like, okay, fine. You know, you you found some people that can flip. We'll take it. <laughs> you know, like, but the the guy that's like the head of or the the little gang leader of this small time thing. He's literally like in a, a cage in this hideout, like this warehouse or something like that, getting like his shoulders massaged by another one of his like random henchmen. And, you know, as the rest of the, everybody's getting beat up, this guy's massaging the, the dude's shoulders or whatever. And then when, uh, the, one of the dudes runs in and tells them like, Hey, we got company or whatever. He kind of like looks at the dude massaging his shoulders and he's like, go, you know, like, like take care of it. He does. I think he does like the little head movement. I think if I'm not mistaken. And the guy turns around and he's like, Wait, wait, wait. Correct me if you remember this, Jay. Correct me if I'm saying this wrong. He said something along the lines of, right on time. Time to catch these hands. Yeah, that, that's what he says. <laughs> time to catch these hands. And it's like, what? Like, okay. You actually skipped over... I think what my favorite scene was. Which was what? Because when she's chasing those guys, they're doing the parkour, but one of the guys, like, misses. Yeah. Like, he tries to make a jump, and he fails. Yeah. And, like, later, when the camera pans, you can see his dead body on the ground. Okay. (laughs) Really? That was, yeah. I missed that. Like, after Valentine makes the jump, like, when the camera pans, like, it falls to the ground, and like you see his dead body there. <laughs> like they like we need that Which continuity. Is so, like, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's so it's so wild though, because it's just like the movie is filled with like just little things where it's just like, wait, why did that happen like that? Like, like the 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 best like I'm not even gonna tell you what happens that they discover. The, the young lady that becomes Valentine because you just you should just watch that right but right they're in the dude's apartment the dude's name is like I don't know how you say it I don't know if it's it, it must be Bono right it's not Bono right it's I Bono it's... I think the producer guy but it's like yeah. Bono. I think it's Bono or I don't know however which way whichever way is the right way to say it it's the opposite or the other pronunciation I don't know Anyway, so they're in this guy's apartment, this young lady, his his stylist friend, and him. And she, like, I guess they let her know that, hey, you know, we want you to come make a movie. But they don't tell her, like, what kind of movie it is or, or anything. Like literally, like when the when this scene start uh, starts, apparently she has zero information. So I'm just like, they were just like, "Hey, you want to be in a movie? Come to my apartment." And she's like, "Okay." Which <laughs> is like, just like, okay, okay, well, hey, I right, listen, I like, okay. That's how I, they like, do it over there too. <laughs> 
but I was just like, but here's the thing though, like during the course of the conversation, she wasn't. She was like, I am getting paid, right? I'm like, wait, what? Like you don't even like even if you're like, I don't know what the movie is. You didn't ask if you were gonna get paid. Like I'm like, it's literally the conversation, the way that the scene is set up, and the questions she asked. The only conversation that could have been had is. Do you want to be in a movie? And she said yes. And he was like, follow me. <laughs> and, and, and she went off with these two dudes to where, wherever. I mean, I guess maybe the question was like, where am I following you to? Maybe that happened because I guess, you know, there was she knew where she was or at least she didn't ask, where am I? <laughs> but she sure didn't ask any questions about. What what what's the name of the movie? Like, what kind of movie is it? Am I going to be paid? How long? Like, no no other questions get got answered before she ended up inside the apartment. And I'm just like, man, like I don't know, I don't know. Like, this could have went all types of ways apparently, because she was <laughs> down, she was down for whatever. She's like, hey, you know what? Let me just go to this apartment. <laughs> Like we talk about movies, right? Because she was look the dude <laughs> when she asked when she asked the guy she's like, I am getting paid, right? And he's like, Yeah, you're gonna get paid. And the other dude's like, She is. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, like what is it? it? Oh man, it's so it's so weird. Like the motivations of this guy are so strange. Uh, yeah. Yeah, like it's one of these things where you can definitely get like I, I watched this alone and was like, like I said, literally laughing out loud at particular points because of just how ridiculous some of the things I was watching, but was still like entertained because like, it's not like it's a it's not a completely like it's not a, a, a POS movie. You know what I mean? It's like it has some redeeming qualities to it definitely but it's not good and the ways that it's bad are probably as entertaining as if it was good so yeah i'm i like i would i would love to get together with the rest of the forum and watch this again like i'm sure like if you're drinking and with friends and watching this oh dude it'd be a riot yeah, I agree. Like, it's interesting because one of the things, too, is like this type of movie, you don't really expect a lot out of it, mm -hmm. I would say. Like, it definitely looks indie. Yeah. And so you're kind of really impressed, like, with the stunt work. Yeah. Uh, with how good the costumes look. Like, yeah. the action pretty decent but then certain story choices yeah. where the shadow beats up four guys that all have machine guns yeah. and you're like you know you can shoot right like <laughs> there's a lot of that that goes on where the people holding guns on folks and then they make a move and it's like oh my god they got caught off guard it's like they, these fools are faster than than bullets and trigger fingers they don't I was like, all you had to do was squeeze. Right. Oh, man. Oz is in chat. He says the Black Widow movie sounds awfully hilarious. 
Oh, see, look at him. Look at him. Hating from a distance. <laughs> Wait, there's a point which, you know, I, I have to assume handcuffs play a major role in this character in the comic. I have to assume. Because if the movie just, just did this on its own, I, look, <laughs> look, there's a point, like, she's using handcuffs like brass knuckles, right? Which, I mean, and that's not even, like, the, the levels of all types of craziness that happens with handcuffs in this movie are as wild. But anyway. <laughs> there's a whole section of a review where you just judged multiple ridiculous handcuff usage? You you could definitely do a solid 15 minutes on it. No question. God damn. No question. Like, but there's the a point. point. She throws them like bolos and they handcuff someone's feet together yeah, by her ankles. throwing them. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but the, the best part is that it's not like that just comes out of nowhere. There's a whole scene with her, like a montage of her practicing that move. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. But anyway, there's a point where she because that. when I'm watching it like Say, when I'm watching it, like the funny thing, I know when I was watching it, like I'm watching it um without my glasses on. <laughs> and so it takes me a minute to realize like those are handcuffs? Like <laughs> what the fuck is she doing? <laughs> Practicing her signature move, Jay. <laughs> signature move. You don't understand, man. It's like you can't. You have to have the montage of her doing it, learning how to do it first, or else when she just does it, it'd be ridiculous. Right. <laughs> so she's using like she has two sets of handcuffs. Not to mention that she became a hero by like being backstage at a beauty pageant, right? <laughs> no, she. That's the thing. She oh. wasn't that backstage at oh, that okay. beauty pageant. Oh, dude. But that's, look, trust me, man. It's, it's, you got to watch it, man. You got it. I know. We'll figure it out. Well, I'm, <laughs> I'm, 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 that's it. I'm paying for Prime. <laughs> I'm renewing my Prime. Like, I have Wait. to. So, so, she's using the handcuffs as, as brass knuckles. And, you know, it's, it's a cool, like, little scene going on because she's, you know, of course, using them like brass knuckles where the person has like, I don't remember, I think, it's, I don't remember if it's a knife or a sword. I think it's a knife. And so she's like, you know, using her equipment and the the cuffs to like block the blade and stuff. And, you know, they put like the little spark effects in there or whatever. And it's like, oh, okay, that, you know, that's kind of cool. But then there's a point where she decides, oh, okay, this is not going to be enough. She takes the two individual sets of handcuffs links them together and makes like a handcuff nunchuck and <laughs> begins like attacking this dude with the with the handcuff nunchucks and it's just like what like that is like it just feels like the most ineffective weapon that you could ever like a handcuff nunchuck like it it's it's pretty wild man I don't know and yeah, I look. I I mean, I've never been handcuffed before, so I know it's uncomfortable. Right. Well, they, I I know that it it is not comfortable, and I also know that it's not like you know it's it's not uh low grade metal. I know it hurts when you get hit by one, 
at the same time, I'm just thinking that, you know, swinging around two sets of handcuffs linked together like they're, you know, nunchucks, that doesn't feel like the most effective way to dispatch a foe to me. <laughs> like it's, especially somebody who, like, fights. <laughs> you know, someone that knows, that's been hit in the face before. <laughs> it's like, you know, it it's it, it's a wild flick. It it like there's there's more. There could be so much more, but it's definitely something that I like I said we should do it together maybe at some point because yeah, it's wild. It's a great find, Jay. <laughs> I don't know how you came across <laughs> this joint. Oh, it just showed up in my in my recommended. Like probably because I watch a bunch of superhero movies. Wow. Well, God bless the algorithm. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jay, what would you rate Valentine the Dark Avenger? I would definitely rate it a solid three. Like, it's a fun movie. Um, it has issues. It's got a bunch of issues, but it does a bunch of things really well, too. So I think the good balances out the bad, and some of the bad can actually be pretty hilarious. So it's definitely worth checking out. I, I have to agree with you 100%. It's like, I, I want to give it more than three, but I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Like, that would that would be wrong of me. But I but I do want to, but I but I can't. So three. <laughs> it's like if if we had different scales for things, like if, as a movie, it's definitely like a three, but as a, a piece of entertainment, it's five. <laughs> it's a five <laughs> on the entertainment scale. Just like what? Okay. Indonesia, man. They look, they need to be be making more movies over there. I think they yeah. can open up because their coronavid cases are like low. Good. Yeah, we need we need more fine cinema like this. I, I you know, I feel like one of the the trivia things or whatnot said something like, I don't know if it was saying that this is the first the first superhero action movie in Indonesia. Something like that. This is something crazy. I was just like, wow. First martial arts superhero movie to feature the Indonesian style of Salat. Oh, that's what it was. Which, yeah, Salat doesn't get as much love as it should. I don't even know if I'm familiar with Salat. Well, they use a lot of handcuffs. (laughs) I know one of the characters in DLA uses Salat. And I think the dude in Code Lyoko uses a lot also. Oh, really? Okay. Well, no, it's a lot. I mean, look, the, the, I mean, the, the fight choreography was pretty good. I enjoyed it. It's not the best you'll see, but it's definitely, like, entertaining to watch. So that's cool. Well, yeah, okay. So, uh, yeah, you, yeah, you got to watch this, Mo. We'll we'll figure it out. 
<laughs> well, let's let's pray for a vaccine so we could all get yes. together and watch it. Yes, we'll pray to the algorithm that it grants us a vaccine <laughs> as well. Uh, okay, uh, let's talk about semi-automagic Moses. All right, let me play this review music and then play review music. Review. Like review. (laughs) Well, not not like that, but like. So, semi-auto magic uh, is a comic book that well, it's a reprinting of a bunch of shorts uh, or serials in Dark Horse Presents. Uh, it's drawn by Jerry Ordway and written by Alex the Campy. Uh, Jerry Ordway is like a legendary, like Superman artist, DC, you know, mm. classic style. And um, Alex the Campy is uh, a newer writer. Um, she did Predator versus Archie, and and she's done a bunch of different things. She did um, No Mercy on uh, I think it's No Mercy. Yeah, no mercy on on image, and uh, yeah, they they reprinted in a collected form the first volume of semi automatic uh, automagic, and I guess they were like you know six pages here and there in each of the Dark Horse percent. So the total uh, of this collected edition is about a hundred and four pages, hundred and six pages. Uh, it's it's a pretty fast read, even though it's that many pages. Um, I actually came across it um, uh, when I did one of the the Mo deals last week. I got a bunch of free stuff on Apple Books, uh, a lot of Dark Horse stuff, which I think you can that Mo deal applies to the Dark Horse app. Like I think you can actually grab it there, or even Comixology. Like I think the the Dark Horse stuff is across all digital platforms, not just Apple Books. But Emily, nice. Emily turned me on and was like, hey, they're giving a bunch of free comics on Apple Books, and I downloaded one of the. This is one of the ones I downloaded. Uh, the reason I picked this one to review is because it's the one that I was fairly certain that you guys could get your hands on. The other ones were a little tricky, <laughs> um, unless you have like the Dark Horse app or you know, or Apple Books. But uh, yeah, it's a story of a. A uh, university teacher who happens to be a monster killer slash sorceress or magician, kind of like a Constantine or Doctor Strange. And she's sent to help this boy that's like a gamer kid who plays like these Counter-Strike games or, you know. And they there's this weird magic that takes his mind while he plays a bootleg video game. And takes him to New Mexico and you know we were like why is this happening and you know over the course of the story you realize it's it's a Lovecraftian monster that's trying to come through our plane of existence using an army of teenage gamer boys and uh and yeah <laughs> and hilarity ensues it, it sounds weird but when you actually read it it it, it works <laughs> I, I I agree I, I only I didn't get to read the whole thing but I did get to start and it definitely works. That's an interesting uh, character as well as 
uh, like the plot, like it when when it's presented, it's presented in a way that makes it feel very feasible. Yeah, uh, I'm putting the link in chat so you guys can can look at it. It says right here. Here's the the official synopsis from uh, DarkHorse.com slash books slash thirty o fourteen slash semi automatic dash tpb says professor alice creed doesn't have tenure and she never will as long as she keeps ditching her lectures to kill monsters but when a dark force from between universes begins seducing young souls through an innocent computer game she packs her occult relics holy water and ipad to kick the eldritch ass (laughs) so yeah uh considered fantasy horror action adventure and yeah it, it has all those elements like the action adventure part even like the way she decides to fight, like it's not, you know, when you read a Doctor Strange or a John Constantine Hellblazer, like magic is the go-to thing. And here she has to use it sparingly because magic always has a price. And mm-hmm. she's like, I'm not, you know, they're going to collect it at the end. You know, they'll let you run up the bill and then they charge you at the end and, you know, use guns in the meantime, you know, when she can. And yeah, she ends up going and... They, they do these it, Alex Acampi has a, a good style and I think Joe could probably from reading Alien versus I mean uh, Archie versus Predator like you kind of just get thrown in there uh, almost in the middle of like somebody's daily life and but it's written in a, w- in a way that you're along for the ride you're okay with not knowing certain things but what's happening is so important that you kind of don't have to have the backstory or even the world building like it's just this one in particular was so compelling that it's just i'm in like (laughs) she kind of tells you the i'm alice creed and you know in trade paperback form or collected form it's a little weird because it's the opening of a comic but it doesn't break like a typical comic because they were serialized so you only read six pages at a time so Mm -hmm. each mini arc was six pages so like before I knew it, I was halfway done. So I'm like, ah, you know what? I'm pretty much going to read the whole thing. I was planning <laughs> on just doing the first issue, but before I knew it, I was I was over halfway done. So I read the whole thing. Um but yeah, it, it's it's it, it has really cool visuals and I like how the story went. Uh is there anything any of you would like to add before we actually dissect it? Uh, not me shoes. It feels like you kind of covered it, man. Like <laughs> it's like, yeah. I'm gonna be quiet for now. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, uh, Joe, man, did you get to read it? I did not. Okay, unfortunately. Oh, that's cool. Um, it is. It is something that I've. I didn't like get to research where i could get you a press copy or if you can get it on it's one of those things where i just i knew i was going to do it and i i just waited till last minute to let anybody know um i'm posting some of the art because the art uh jerry ordway's art is super classic think you know your george perez like any like when you think of superman art in your head from when you were a kid like chances are he drew it 
And seeing him draw this is something that's odd because I'm not used to his style in this type of story. But it looks super clear and clean and and the colors, uh, I, I don't even know who colored it, but the colors are really, really do- done well mm-hmm. where they kind of have like that old uh, comic feel, but the the concepts and, and the layouts are, are more on the modern take. Now, if you look at the pictures I posted, you see like the screenshots actually have part part of another page in them. And that's one of the things I'm going to judge. If you're going to read this book, I might be better to do it physically or on a I assume that on a, a iPad or tablet that's not over 10 years old it might be easier but that's how it looked for me reading it so I would get a glimpse of the next page uh, it just filled oh, for some reason that one comic automatically filled in <laughs> the whole screen instead of just doing the one page at a time i don't know why it's never done that before but for that comic it did and i found it a little off-putting i'm not gonna lie it was a little yeah. little tricky yeah because it does the, the motion of flipping the page but you're like bending the page you're gonna read so it, i don't know it, it, something in my brain didn't like it but i do like these these horror motifs these uh lovecraftian type uh of of torment that is happening to Alice Cree. Like, you know, the first one is when she's on the plane, she starts getting psychically attacked by what they call the traveler. That's the, the, uh, interdimensional monster elder God thing that's trying to break through. Um, and it, it, the, then the second one is actually the physical manifestation of that torment. She's getting tortured by, somebody that was sent to help her spoilers and then the third one is the actual like traveler that's what he looks like and the design i really liked it just it's so creepy (laughs) and then she actually as part of defeating that uh being she can't fight it alone so she actually summons another interdimensional being that is already here and it that costs her a price <laughs> and that's where the second half of the book plays out so mm. it, it's it kind of the story as a whole it, it you know it's not just oh look i used magic to solve this and and yeah i'm done it, it they actually have consequences and even even at the very end it's not uh a clear-cut victory um and I, I, I want to read more. I don't know if there's more out there, but I want to revisit this character and, and this world, and and I want to see more. I, I it's I, I love Lovecraftian horror, specifically the the demons, interdimensional demons that that break through. It, it's it's a very common motif in Lovecraftian horror, mm-hmm. but everybody that does it kind of brings something to it, and. To me, this one is one of the ones that brings, in terms of like actually design and 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 expression of of what that formless, shapeless void monster would look like. It, it's it's really cool and and unique. <laughs> the end. Yeah. 
It sounds awesome. I got. I got to keep reading it. Did you get creeped out at all when you were reading it? No, but I didn't get far enough. I don't think to get creeped out. So you read like the first six pages, like the first like twelve. Yeah. Well, yeah. So but you, you... I was definitely intrigued. Yeah. So that's that. That's my review of Semi-Auto Magic. I didn't research enough to see if there's any more. Uh, I know they do sell the collected edition for like thirteen bucks, but it's free for now. So you could check it out at the Dark Horse shop, or I'm sh- I think Comicsology might have it. Let me. Uh, I'll look. Yeah, at they it. have it. They have it. Oh, okay. Is it free on it? Or yeah, no? I put it on my wish list. Okay. No. Uh, yeah, so maybe that mode deal doesn't go across the board, but yeah. I would give this a five erased lips out of five. Like, I, I, it was one of the perfect books for me. Even, like, the art, the colors, the dialogue, like, it just, everything felt natural. And, and even that take on that type of magical character, I like. I w- it, it actually <laughs> thinking about this like man oh. it made me think this Doctor Strange movie and the Multiverse Madness is like gonna suck <laughs> why, why would you think that because um, they're not gonna do it right I'm gonna okay. amend what I just said uh-huh. um, volume one is free uh, but the collected one is 15 bucks okay so it's like the first installment of the Dark Horse Presents version. I guess like the first 12 pages or something are free. Um, Is it 12 pages? I don't know how many pages. 105 pages. Right. Yeah. Like one's 105 pages. It's a lot of pages. Yeah. And the collector's edition, which is 182 pages, is 15 bucks. Cool. So that's the bomb that will bring us together and childhood's end. Okay. So it's another... It's that same story that's free with... uh... The second one, I guess. But yeah, that five out of five. Larry, with what you read, what are you going to give it? Uh, what I read, I enjoyed a lot. I would give it at least a three and a half out of five. Only because, you know, I don't know that I got to the good part yet, but yeah. Cool. Yeah, it was good. All right. Yeah, it's good. All right, let's jump into this news music. I'll play this news music, and then we're going to talk to you a little bit of of the headlines. Sounds good. <laughs> Comic book news. We should have a, like, uh, Comic book like, current... <laughs> Well, not not like that, but 
Like <laughs> DC Comics is canceling the Terrifics. <laughs> like, why was the Terrifics on all this time? <laughs> it was good. Okay. It it wasn't bad. It was yeah, good. It, it's wild. Yeah, I hear you. The f- final four issues will not be printed. <laughs> It'll be digital only. What? Yeah, that's, that's foul. Yeah. That's um, like when they put the ending of 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 uh the Legends of Korra online only. Yeah. Uh, according to Bleeding Cool, DC is doing this because Marvel is doing the same thing, but I don't know what Marvel's ending and doing digital only. But, um, but yeah, the, it's the last four issues will be digital only. Um, the covers look great. Uh, if if you'll allow me to put them in chat real quick, of um, course. They they make me want to read it. I you know part of the reason with this book is it's one of the only ones left of the little like mini rebirth they did after metal or something, mm-hmm. and it, it's one of the few. So I guess if they're planning on restarting everything again or something like they they have to cancel it. That's what it seems like from what I read. But who knows? It, it's it could be one of those things where it's just, I know the sales did drop and, you know, they committed to giving you digital comics, new digital comics during this time of Corona vid. Um, and yeah, like, I, I think that's why they would do it. It's going to be a pain in the ass to print and get to places that might or might not sell it. So they'll just sell it online to the few people that were reading it. These uh these covers do look great. Yeah. And Blue Beetle's there, the non-Mexican one. <laughs> yes. And and Tom Strong. Yeah, but we already knew that. Yeah, but still, it's, I like Tom Strong. It's just good to see him. Well, not I don't like like him enough to read terrifics though. Why you knock that book, Larry? I'm not knocking it. I just it Like you it, got it's that okay. like you got that like little like talking down to it like well well it's i mean it's a take like a, a a take on fantastic 4 so and right now the fantastic 4 books not even great yeah so but i mean like, that doesn't mean that this isn't good that and you're absolutely right mo that doesn't mean that this book is not it could be a better version of fantastic and 4 and i i already know what it is this year marvel uh Disney like sycophantism. Listen, are you reading Terrifics? Yeah. You're, well, you're not not terrific. reading current, but I'm on like issue twenty four. Oh, okay. So well, listen. Because I, I know you didn't saying... you didn't talk about the Incredibles like this. The Incredibles are incredible. That's what you say, like because it's Disney. Like if the Terrifics Disney it's because even if it wasn't Disney, Incredibles would still be good, right? Mm-hmm. Like in- Incredibles is is substantively good, like on its face. I'll, like it's not like I've never read an issue of Terrifics. It was fine. You only it's read not... one. 
I think I read more than one, but it's still like it's it's okay. I'm sure it, I'm sure it became a better book than it was when it began. I believe that. I'm sure they probably found their their stride a little bit. But you know, I don't know. It's just it. it I I'm just not interested. I'm not I'm not talking down or talking bad about it. I'm just saying like you know, hey, I'm sure it's a fine book. I'm happy that Tom Strong is in it. Well, I'm not, but still. <laughs> it works. It's like it's so it's so good to see quality characters getting put into I just, a universe know, that will utilize them. I, I just like you know, I don't like when they use Alan Moore stuff. Yeah, no, I I, I believe it. Uh Burr in chat says, Where's the white cover? Digital only oh. white cover, gotta hand them your tablet. And yeah, I, I that's one thing when I did review the initial first few issues, um, that that was one of the things that kept it from getting a four out of five or whatever. Because there was no white cover? There was no white cover. I, I knocked off a point. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I wonder, well, nah, they wouldn't do that. Like you just commission a white cover. Like, hey, DC, I'll give you 10 bucks to give me a, print me up a white cover of any book. But, I mean, you could make your own white covers, right? I mean, yeah, but I mean, I guess I mean you got to have a printer that can do the the cardstock. Yeah, you have you have to have a printer that will print the logo on the cardstock. Right, and that's it. Oh, well, and then I got to remove the staples and staple it in. Yeah, I guess that's true. So that's damaging my comic, which I'm okay because I only care about the white cover. Um, <laughs> but then it's like, well, if I'm making my own, can I just get some Arsh, like, 300-pound paper, like, that's, you know, 20 bucks a sheet? Wow. Can I do that? Like, that would be awesome. But that wouldn't fit in my printer. Like, I'd have to screen print the logo, so I got to commission... I got to go to Screen Depot over in downtown. This then, joint just became up. Then art I actually, project. well, I have to Photoshop the, <laughs> I have to Photoshop and, you know, that, that logo would need, I want to say about three or four screens. So I could screen print the logo. And then roughly about $12. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> By the end is literally just like. Yeah. You're gonna 3D be a, printing a comic. A hundred, a $150 <laughs> white cover. <laughs> I'm down. Listen, I, 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 it would. I was just about to say, it's like don't don't say it like you don't would feel like it was worth it in the end. Oh, <laughs> if I could choose my paper, because I know one of the things about it is like I've tried people to get people to. Ooh, Bear says this sounds like a Kickstarter custom white covers. Ooh, that, yeah, that's a great idea. I'm gonna start a Kickstarter to just help me get more white covers. That don't exist. <laughs> Um. Yeah. It, the, the yeah. I like the the idea that uh some of these white covers don't work because I try. I know I try to get a Thor one and a Wolverine one, and the guy just touched it and he goes, "You know what? Marvel has this weird thing where they're inconsistent about their white covers, so the some of them won't work. Like when you actually draw on them and then erase the guidelines." The ink mm -hmm. smudges like it doesn't absorb the ink right and it, you know it's like so 
I literally like had to go through six different ones till I can get one done. And it turns out that all of them was a fantastic four one, which is fine. But I initially wanted the fear itself one. And they were like, nah, this one's no good. And Wolverine one was no good. Uh, Len Wein was able to draw on my, uh, my Wolverine one, but he only used a Sharpie. He didn't do like a full, like artist step-by-step thing. Like he did a quick, sketch which i'm happy for but yeah it's yeah lynn r.i.p lynn ween <laughs> but yeah uh yeah if i could pick if i can actually pick the cover the the quality of paper i want yeah might you know what it, it's not worth it because yeah, it's just gonna stay white because i can't think of who i can't decide on who i want to draw on it yeah it's tough it's it's a commitment so all this to say is I'm not doing my own custom white coat. Uh, let's see what else is in the news here. We uh, might. Oh, go ahead, Joe. IGN did a report uh, talking about why uh, the New Mutants uh, isn't going to go to Disney Plus or Hulu. So it basically comes down to two things. One. Uh, Fox had cable cable rights deals in place with HBO so that uh, all Fox movies for the next two years have to premiere on HBO Now slash HBO Go. Uh, Also, Disney is contractually obligated to theatrically release all finished movies or films in post-production. So, Disney is contractually obligated to put this movie in theaters. Uh, The only way they could kind of get around that is if they got Josh Boone and the cast to amend their contracts and sign off on a new deal. Um, And also, if they wanted on Disney+, Plus, they would have to renegotiate Fox's HBO contract, which would probably be too much work for them to attempt it, which is why they're just doing the theater release. Ah, uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> I mean, that 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 all makes sense, I guess. It does. I mean, but it could all be in changed. the sense that you know, it's like if there's if there's already contracts in place, and that's what you have to do, then it makes more sense that that that's what they would try to do if if that was the case, because it's like. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't know, man. I like I I kind of want to see it, but I I almost rather just watch it on like at home. Oz and Chad says, "What if they release it to theaters today? Would that count?" And it's like, "Yeah, technically that would count, but <laughs> they'd make no money." Right. And I, Actually, I, think, I don't think it would count since theaters are closed. You can't release a movie into a closed theater. Well, no, oh, that's that true. Not in Florida, Georgia, Texas, Ohio, Iowa, Wisconsin. I think they're open there. I heard Wisconsin's doing pretty good. Like, the number of deaths hasn't increased that much. Oh, yeah, because they only opened what, last week. 
It takes two weeks right. to get sick. Like there, a lot of people are reporting numbers increasing in like Texas and Georgia, but it's like those were from before they opened up. So it's like you can't really count those as because they're open up. I know they're trying to put that slant, but, you know, it's not entirely. Like not all of them would be from the opening up. You know, I think maybe a, a slight, I would say 10, 15 percent maybe. But, yeah. Um, he says the contract doesn't say the theaters have to be open. It's like, is it if they're not open, is it really released? No, it's like no. it's like no, you can't it's buy popcorn, movie popcorn, if the theater's closed. You know, right? Like if you go to the movies and the movie theater was closed, you didn't go to the movies, right? <laughs> or did I? <laughs> Uh, Burr says Texas numbers are going up because they doubled the amount of testing too. Yeah, that's that's another thing. Uh, he says the rate of positives actually went down, but people just look at the number of cases. Yeah, all that. Uh, Tony Isabella. Anybody recognize that name? Yeah, the creator of Black Lightning. He's yeah. super pissed off at C right now. <laughs> yeah, he is. And I, I like it. I I, I always want to ask people, and I feel that before 2020, you ask anybody how they feel about what they're doing to the characters that they created, and they're, they do a political, like, soft answer. But now everybody's like, fuck it. And Tony Isabella <laughs> says, <laughs> here's a quote. <laughs> He goes, uh, fuck DC Comics and everyone involved in the rancid Batman and the Outsider book. Anyone who understands Jefferson Pierce knows Lynn is his one true love. <laughs> and he uh, he's mad because they're they're portraying Black Lightning a little differently than what he intended or created. Mm-hmm. And uh, and he, yeah, he's, he's really angry. Um, I as much as I love his answer, it's like he created Black Lightning. What? Before Crisis? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, so it's one of those things where it's just like they've changed so much of the world that he was in that everything gets either retconned or or rebooted, you know? Like, I think just since, you know, Final Crisis, like, and Final Crisis 2 and New 52 and all that, like the characters just changed so much. Um, he said he did say that he loves how like the TV show does them, mm-hmm. but you know he's not happy with DC. Uh, I know somebody, <laughs> another guy, a couple creators go um, and, and kind of go to him, and you know uh, this dude, what's his name? Where is he? The guy, the Don McGregor. He says, I have never read any Black Panther or Kill Raven books after I left. If you live with the characters day in and day out for years, I don't believe one can come to them with any objectivity. Uh, and he, he responded to, <laughs> to, to Tony. Uh, I'm sorry. Tony Isabella responded to Don McGregor saying, 
Fuck being fair to the other talent in this case. I created Black Lightning to stay f- to stay for something. If the TV if the TV series can honor and respect my core values for my creation, DC Comics can do the same. You know I love your Black Panther work, but you didn't create the character. There would still be a Black Panther without you. Mm. It wouldn't be. It sounds harsh, huh? It, it wouldn't. I mean, it also like it sound like that that freaking like truth bomb where you're just like damn yeah he's right (laughs) maybe i should sit down yeah but i mean you know when somebody kind of agrees with you you don't take that time to give them the truth bomb you know what i mean Mm -hmm. but you know he's pissed uh tom tom bellin he shared a story of when he was a little kid and, and they killed off uh gwen stacy he says i used to love gwen stacy she was beautiful she loved peter parker and I figured one day they'd get married. She was a perfect partner. When they killed her off, it devastated me. My mom let me mail a letter to Marvel Comics, and all it said was, fuck you, in red crayon. Wow. Uh, <laughs> and then they hooked Peter up with Mary Jane Watson. I thought it was stupid, and if they wanted him with a woman, it, why not Gwen? She was perfect. Years later, I, got, I get asked to write a Valentine's Day Spidey story. In the story, I decided to examine why he was still in love with MJ. As I did, I actually convinced myself that Mary Jane is a much better fit than Gwen ever was. Gwen was a high school crush that always needed saving. Mary Jane was independent and fought back against her father and stalker. There's a scene where Peter is in the shower going over the differences between her and Gwen, and that's actually the moment that flipped me to being an MJ fan. Sometimes what seems like a horrible decision can make sense later on if the stories are compelling enough. Yeah. I mean, but it's kind of a different situation, right? Uh, it is. It is a, a very different situation. But yeah. uh, according to the commenters on this article, uh, this dude says, um, this dude is so tiresome, classless, and self-obsessed. Every six months, he'll throw a fit about Black Lightning as if to remind people that he created him, which honestly makes me sad for him, but also annoyed, very annoyed. <laughs> but I mean, it's like one of those things where... If you create a character and you're not happy with the direction it's gone in, like, why can't you say that? And especially, like, it's, if it's a thing where you're like, okay, well, he does this every so often. It's like, that sounds like you're paying attention to him. Yeah. Like, it's like, you know, I mean, I, I only vaguely knew who the creator of Black Lightning was. I don't know that he pat- pitches a fit every six months to just, you know, get attention that he created Black Lightning. That could be true, but it's not even on my radar. Like- First time we've heard from him, though. Say like, again? Even when I was reading the art, when I was reading the article, I was thinking like, dude, this has happened before. Like, this isn't the first time Tony Isabella has been uh, whining about this. Okay, but then, but I guess what I'm saying is, does it matter? Like, shouldn't he be able to whine as often as he wants? Uh, probably. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's the thing. Like. I, I don't understand why somebody would, like, let it annoy them, especially considering, like, you know, it's not like... Well, I mean, uh-huh. it's easy to get annoyed with, like, attention seekers. Like, yeah, like, that's something someone could get annoyed with. Like, people but, that are just out there yelling at the top of their lungs for attention. But I guess, here's the thing, I guess it it, it is, it's only... It would seem to me that it would only be annoying if you're actually giving them the attention or 
they're in a venue where you can't get away from it. You know what I mean? Like, for instance, I think there's a difference between, like, say, for instance, like a when a Taylor Swift whines, right? Because when it whines, when she whines, it becomes big news. And it's like you hear about it, whether you're trying to look for Taylor Swift or not. That's definitely not Tony Isabella. <laughs> so it's like, how how do you like we, I do a show about comic books at least weekly, sometimes daily. <laughs> right. And I, it doesn't even occur to me like I can't I can't think of the last time that it's happened. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that I wasn't I wasn't informed of it, but like. As involved as I am in the comic book industry, it's not on my radar. And so it's like, I'm wondering why it's on other people's. Is it because they're paying attention? Because then you're part of the problem, right? Like, if Tony Isabella is speaking into a vacuum, at some point, he might be like, you might just stop. Be like, well, no one listens to me. Yeah, like, but, so- sometimes I get mad that Burr listens because then it's like, <laughs> I can't just say anything. <laughs> <laughs> If he didn't listen, then I, we'd really be talking into a vacuum. <laughs> so I don't, I mean, I guess it's one of those things where, I mean, and d- don't get me wrong, I might have a little bit more sympathy for, for Isabella only because he, you know, he might be right, I might, or at least I might agree with his opinion. But, you know, I mean, I, I don't know. I guess my thing is, like, I, I find it hard to get annoyed at people for talking. And it's like, I understand some people are definitely seeking attention, but just like, oh, you know, you just kind of ignore it, right? Like, that's how that, that's the only way you put that fire out, I think. Well, it's not that you can't not be annoyed, but if you can understand why someone else would be annoyed, it's like, I'm fine with Tony Isabella making a spectacle of himself every six months, but I can understand people that would find it annoying. Yeah. My thing is, is I enjoy his ability to, like, actually critique what they do with his characters. I know it's not, uh, it's not something people tend to do because ultimately they want to work again, you know? And, and that's where Mm -hmm. it also kind of goes into, like, my whole questioning of, like, where they shoot the good load, you know? Like, you know, if you have something that great, why didn't you create it for yourself and not somebody else you know like it's weird like sometimes you know in music you see it a lot especially in older um rock and roll like with the beatles and and david bowie uh lou reed like they used to write songs for other artists like oh i think this song and it becomes like a a hit you know and it's like why didn't david bowie just keep all the young dudes you know like why how was it what why was he so generous to just give that song away you know Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes, in order to get to a place where you can make stuff for yourself, yeah, that I mean, I, yeah, like, I understand that too. Think about, think about Alex Hirsch. He used Disney to create Gravity Falls. Now he's pretty much in a position where he can do what he wants. Like he's going on and making shows for Netflix, and he's like getting into his own shit. Without Gravity Falls, then that. May, he may not have been able to position himself to where he is now. Yeah. Sometimes you got to deal with the people that will deal with you in order to get to a place where you don't have to deal with anyone yeah. or where you could deal with the people you choose to deal with. Yeah. I mean, I could see that too. Um, 
But yeah, I don't know. It's just like, yeah, it's, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's one of those <laughs> things where it's kind of like, if I'm going to, I guess for me, I would probably create something a little that I probably didn't care as much about, but ultimately you're going to care. <laughs> like you might, I might think I'm not going to care if they change it up or make a shitty movie about it. And then, but it's like once the people like it, the, you know, the, it's original form. It's like, Oh, that's me. Like they like what I did. And then even if I didn't care, I'm going to care 40 years from now when I'm ranting <laughs> on Facebook. Plus, it's harder to make something good if you don't care about it. Right. Yeah. That's, that's, that's true too. Like you got to care at least for you to make soulless trash yeah and soulless trash is less likely to resonate with people right that's true yeah it's, it's maybe interesting I should, though oh go ahead maybe i should care less about this show <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting though because i do feel like you know I, I think that jay the point you made is absolutely right where it's like you know you you kind of sometimes have to uh uh you know put something out there first to get get yourself a, a certain amount of credibility, but it's interesting because I know that there are some situations where people like will put something out that isn't like you know what they think of as their best idea for that reason, and you know it becomes successful, and then like when they get to do what they want to do, it's like it's not as successful. You know what I mean? Like yeah, like it's one of those things where like you know you. You think in your mind that you're saving the good idea for for yourself, but in reality, you know, or maybe it's not in reality. It's just that there all type. There's all types of reasons why ideas resonate with people at one point versus another. You know what I mean? So it, timing could be a part of it, but it's just it's interesting how that works sometimes. Where you know, there there are people that will put something out, and it's like they're they get renowned or renowned for. Um, you know what they might think of as like their second or third best idea. Yeah. So, um, what else we got going on news wise? We might be getting closer to a, uh, what's that shit called? Snyder Cut release. I did see this. I did see this. T- talk about it, Mo. So basically, <laughs> uh. I'm trying to find the actual article, but from what I read, it, it's one of those things where he he's almost done with it. There's still stuff that needs to be finished, but it's finished. So maybe some special effects shots and, and things like that. No reshoots that I know of, but it, it, there was a, a a screening for some like some executives, and yeah, it, it's. They're, they're saying maybe there might be something happening you know uh but it's all speculative and they don't they're like supposing maybe like a fan gathering the people that want to see it in a, like screenings in different cities or direct to digital uh, release um but there's other like insiders saying that yeah it's not really that finished and to finish it, they'd have to pump money into a movie that they already think is a disaster. So mm-hmm. don't get your hopes up. It might be a pipe dream. So there's different varying conflicting reports on it. Um, but uh, Snyder keeps showing it to people. It's wild because I, I even saw somewhere where somebody was saying like it might be something that they 
they try to push on on HBO Max. Uh, yeah. And so, like, you know, maybe it gets released on there, which, I mean, I guess that's a, a way to entice some people to, you know, pick up a service. I You know, I, I don't know. I don't know if I would personally be like, oh, I'll get HBO Max to watch the Snyder Cut of Justice League. Actually, no, I do know. I wouldn't do that. <laughs> for me though but originally, I like, you originally know, huh? no originally it was supposed to be at launch but the COVID had delayed it so uh, it'll come out uh, so it wasn't ready or what won't be ready or they thought it would not be ready for launch what, what won't be ready the Snyder Cut oh so that that was like a confirmed thing. Um, to my knowledge, yeah, like no. it was supposed to be one of the launch that, shows for HBO Max. That was never confirmed because it's not even finished yet. Like it, it's they they he's trying to get them to throw money at it. He's been trying to like build up this. That's he, you know if you track him talking about it, he gives little teases here to like try to build enough people to to do it to want it so that the studio will fund the finishing of it. And it's not, it's not going to happen. I don't think like I, with the success of like Aquaman and, and, you know, Shazam and, um, what's the other one? And Wonder Woman, like they they just moved on from Justice League. They're like, you know, we can make these movies where people have less expectations and people like them better. I, I, they really like. I think Justice League overall left a bad taste in their mouth. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I mean, it, it's interesting because I don't understand why. Like, I understand why Snyder, of course, initially stepped away from the movie. But if he wanted his version of that movie to be out so bad, why didn't he just talk to them? Like, sooner to the like i mean after he was okay you know what i mean after he felt like okay well i want my version of this movie to you know be out there why didn't he just like go ahead and negotiate with them to make that the case like well the thing is the if the move if the studio would have like seen uh a value in doing that they would have done that um initially you know they would have said hey let's let's put put it on hold a little bit or 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 whatever or even still it's like okay but people i'm not even talking about like a version to like instead of the one that came out i'm just talking about after the fact like right something that you could yeah well they've done it before they did it for the exorcist prequel there's two versions of that and yeah. one brett I mean, radner like the same and thing one... they did with superman right you got the donner cut yeah like why couldn't they just do that if like I don't know, man. Like that—that's what always kind of made me feel like it wasn't really a thing. But I don't know. Like it's—I'm really wondering how different it would be. Look how like, many are there really like a whole bunch of scenes that like we've never seen before that are going to be like just a lot of stuff on the cutting room floor. And we'll be like, man, this is a completely different movie. Is it going to be like that? There's like five versions of Blade Runner. There's like five versions of Army of Darkness, and it's like he can't get the Snyder Cut released. 
the problem yeah. is people actually wanted to see those versions of Blade Runner and those versions of Army of Darkness, you know? Yeah. So, um, Newsarama got to talk to the president and founder of Diamond and basically saying that they're sticking with Wednesdays in regards to sale dates for all their all the comics they're shipping, including the DC stuff. Oh, wow. That's news to me. Did you already do this? Yeah. Story? Oh, was I there? Yeah. Oh, I forgot. I think. When do, I was there for that? I think so. Yeah, it, maybe Oz was there. I don't know. Oh, okay, maybe yeah, yeah, that makes more sense. It might have been Joe and me. Uh, all these shows run together. <laughs> like, Listen, but, you know. Uh, yeah, it's it's interesting. Like, I don't think comics are going to move to Tuesdays. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think they are either. But who knows? I, it doesn't matter. Like, it, there's not going to be enough comic shops around to really like. <laughs> they might do it whenever people, whenever anybody. Yeah, you want Tuesday? Yeah, take it on fucking Tuesday. You want Thursday? <laughs> hey, you want Sunday? Take Sunday too. Shit, just buy these fucking comics, please. <laughs> So uh, the first round of comics gets released this Wednesday. Yeah. I don't know if, if you all uh, realize that. I don't know what's coming out. Yeah, well, but, I, I said that too. <laughs> say again? We oh, talked about, yeah. Um, but no, go go ahead. You were there that one. Cause... No, no, I do remember that they, I do remember uh, us talking about, yeah, like, the 20th is the first, like, when Diamond is going to be releasing. Right. I, I know we did the story, and I know, like, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, we also talked about the fact that Marvel doesn't come back until the following Wednesday. Right. Um, but are are you all even at a point yet where you're like, I want to go get comics? Well, um, Atomic Basement did this interesting thing where He's putting everything on the window so you can actually like mm-hmm. like an ice cream truck, like pick what you want and he'll mm-hmm. bring it out. You can look at it. You can get your COVID hands on it and put it back so that somebody <laughs> else can get their COVID hands on it. But, um, but you know, it's interesting because I can just be like, hey, let me get that, 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 that. And boom, like he'll get it for you. Right. Um, and he drive up, you know. So I think, you know, I think I might actually just do that if I'm in the area to yeah to to really just kind of support the shop you know like he's he's taking that step you know they're they're he can't you know he can't go too long without that you know so yeah i might do it just for that but who knows i i don't i don't see myself going out to shop for random things i i mean comics i can get digitally and that's specifically why this whole isolation thing has been a little easier for me you know mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. it's like if those those protesters like if they were going up with guns to city hall in michigan saying hey i want my comics i could understand it a little bit <laughs> but if they had digital comics maybe they wouldn't even leave the house yeah <laughs> right oz is in chat he says snyder cut my pants just got a bit tighter. Uh, he also mentioned in regards to that conversation, he says, uh, I was there, so Lawrence wasn't. 
He says, I like that Lawrence had to check it, check if I was going to be on the show today before he decided to be on. <laughs> I, I, I was going to be on either way, Oz. I was trying to figure out if I should call you or not. Yeah. You know what, Oz? Never mind, Oz. I won't, I, I won't check to see if you're going to be on the show next time. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I don't know. Joe, are you going to plan to get drive through comics? Um, well, I'm a digital guy, so yeah, probably not. Like the only thing worth buying physically is one too expensive and too big and heavy. Or I see there's another thing, but I haven't bought it digitally yet, so I'm not even sure if there's a reason to buy it physically. What what is it? Uh, I hate Fairyland. Like, uh, that might be worth buying uh, physically, but I'm not sure yet. And I think the buying physically, I mean, it, even if it's worth it or not, like, you can get the physical one delivered to your door, you know, in this time of the future we live in. So it's more of are you going to risk exposing yourself and or others? Uh I guess that's the better question. You know what I mean? I'm ready. Like, I'm ready to say fuck it. Like, let's go out. Let's not wear masks. Let's see what happens. Like, I might die. I might live. Not doing much of anything either way. So, let's go for it. The only thing is that it's. I heard it's uncomfortable. Yeah, but, you know. Getting COVID? Well, they say, yeah, it's uncomfortable. Yeah, you can't breathe. Well, but that's only if you're symptomatic. Like, there's a good chunk of people that are asymptomatic, which sucks, too, because now you're spreading it. But that's beside the point. Like, it's only (laughs) uncomfortable for, like, 30% of the people or something. I don't know those numbers. Don't, don't, I'm no doctor. I'm no, (laughs) I heard, I'm no, I'm no, no, I'm pretty sure I'm in an at-risk category, so yeah. I'm sure if it hit me, it would be uncomfortable. Like, I doubt I'm one of the asymptomatic ones. Well, Jay, then you should... Yeah, you should. I'm ready. I'm ready to take the risk. I'm ready to fucking get out there, go back to theaters, um, just be out, not wearing a mask. Like, I think I'm ready. I think I'm ready to just say fuck it. I don't I don't think you're ready, Jay. I think we should chill out. And, you know, live. We should live. <laughs> don't get me wrong. Uh, I, I, I do understand where you're coming from, though. It would be nice to be able to, you know, for, for things to go back to the way they were. But I think that's the biggest thing. It's like, I think we have to come to terms with the fact that things aren't going to go back to exactly the way they were, they were until, you know, at least until we have a vaccine. So we should definitely be trying to figure out how we can move forward. And, you know, like we do have to we do have to figure out how we live with COVID-19. But uh, and open. But I don't know if we can just be like, ah, oh, well, you know what? Let's just go back. Like, let's pretend nothing's happening. I was like, I don't think we should do that. We should figure out, you know, how we do the social distancing and how we do the mask 
in particular situations, but how we can let everything else like be open the way that it was, or not the way it was, but be open in whatever is the safest possible way, you know? No, I was listening to this one asshole and he brings up the point that viruses want to live. So they're not going to kill everyone because then they themselves would die. And I don't know if he has a point exactly, but everyone wouldn't die. Only the people with the disease. And then some would get better. Like, maybe it's time we force everything to get better. Well, you know, part of it is that the, the human immune system is designed to fight it off, but it needs to fight it off to learn. And, and you know, the vaccine and all these things and treatments are are made so that we don't have to go through the illness part of it and get herd immunity that way. But... You know, is this is this the the this one is smarter than other things we had in the past because it just it lies low for so long without causing symptoms and 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 that's what actually makes it more deadly and uh, the ability to actually evolve faster to something stronger that could kill more. You know, uh, but yeah, I mean, I I I kind of see that point to jay where it's like you don't know if he's right or isn't but yeah i mean it's at this point it's really like whoever wants to risk it risk it just stay the fuck away from other people that you don't necessarily need to be around because you don't want to give it it's one thing if you're ready to die or ready to accept the fate but don't impose that fate on somebody else right and i get that and it's like that's why it kind of irks me when I see people walking around without masks. It's like, you don't know if I'm ready to die or not. Yeah. We should have like a, like ponchos to say whether or not we're willing to die, if we're ready to die, <laughs> if, if we want to get <laughs> like something like bright and colorful so that we know who we could be around and who not to be around. <laughs> uh, Burr in chat says there's evolutionary pressure on viruses to not be lethal keeping people alive allows it to spread more than killing them supposedly there's already a mutation that is making it weaker that should outcompete the more lethal strains the whole mass thing is crazy why are people so against such a minor thing and you know I can tell you why it is it's because the 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 head supreme leader uh the supreme little leader is uh is refusing to wear one that's really all it is that it's seen if you wear a mask now you're seen as a liberal as a you know as one of these you know softer people because for some reason they view a man with uh, tiny hands and, and good manicured and, and makeup, you know? Like, if he wears a mask, he's going to ruin his makeup. He can't have that. And, uh, yeah, so, it, you know, these nudniks get that rhetoric where it's like, well, he's not wearing one, I'm not wearing one. I'm like, yeah, well, everybody around him's wearing them because he doesn't want them to kill him, but he's willing to kill them. That's, like, how you should look at it. And 
that's it. Like, if you accept the fact that you're like, yeah, I'm out here. Maybe I'll kill somebody. Like, just say it like that. So we know to stay the fuck away from me. Yeah. Uh, I swear to God, like any other administration, this would not have happened. Yeah. And the problem is because he's so polarizing because it's all a pendulum swing, you know? He's so polarizing that the opposite side, instead of like trying to move forward, is kind of they're playing a blame game a lot. And that's what they focus on more than anything. And it's not helping anybody. But, you know, the key thing is like, well, we got to get the economy back. And it's like, you know, let let them go get ready to die. They're not it's not like they're going to overrun the the, they're not going to overrun the hospitals right now. So let, let them get it. You know, but, you know, they're not thinking about what a second wave could look like or what I'm counting on the third wave. The third wave. Yeah, like that third wave is going to get rid of that sweet tooth show. <laughs> I remember this is not another fifth wave movie. Not another what? Not another fifth wave movie. What's that? Yeah, it's funnier if you know the reference. But The Fifth Wave was a terrible movie, like one of those young adult movies. Remember when they were turning all the young adult novels into movies? Yeah. Like, it's one of those. It was terrible. Like, laugh out loud in the theater, terrible. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, One of the good things to come out of this COVID-19 isolation time is that Todd McFarlane keeps finding original Spider-Man art in his closets and shit. So he (laughs) posted uh, page 8 of issue 2 of Spider-Man, the Torment arc in the original uncolored pages. Lettered, but uncolored. And man, I love that story so much. It's not it's not the greatest, but it is pretty fucking great. Yeah, no, Torment's good. It's real good. I put a link in the chat for the 20th anniversary of the X-Men film. They're the pop figures for them. They're celebrating them. Which, I know for me, none of these really do much anything for me. But hey, I know some people like pops and some people like X-Men. I I might get the uh, Professor X one, though. I actually do like them all except that Dark Phoenix you don't like the Dark Phoenix one? No. That's fair. But yeah, I mean they're they're good representations of the the movie characters. It's just, you know, I I know for me at at this point, I just don't I don't have I guess the same or the same kind of affinity as I did in the early 2000s for these versions of the characters Joe, but you, i like that professor x though it's awesome joe you got cut off a little bit man say that again oh is it the professor x with hair or without without no yeah without i mean remember now he, did, he didn't have hair in the x-men 2000 movie yeah but they also magneto didn't have that armor either what armor the one if you go further down it's the 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 what's his name magneto the other one oh the mcavoy yeah 
Yeah, but okay. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, you know, it's not having a, a, a question about if he has hair or not isn't like that strange. But there's a Honestly, version. I was to call it. I wasn't thinking of the 2000s. I was thinking of like when that guy was like, I refuse to cut my hair. So Professor X is just going to have hair in this movie like an asshole. <laughs> They they have the the movie version of Magneto there too though, right? But they also have the other one. So you, it's a fair question to ask if if Xavier had hair or not. Look, why can't my comic book characters just look like my fucking comic book characters? Ideally, like, that's what would happen. Have hair, and Starfire is orange, not black. <laughs> She has orange undertones. I think I'm going to get some of these. That's cool. I really like the Wolverine one um, with the leather costume. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a good it's a good representation of those characters, of all of them, honestly. And I don't have any Wolverine pops. So I need one. There it is. And then I'm going to get that beast, too. Yeah, the Beast isn't bad, all things considered. Well, it's what it represents. It represents Kelsey Grammer voicing Beast. And I love that. <laughs> like, like yeah, every time the... I... Like, I still watch Frasier and just imagine him blue with fur. <laughs> like, I love that. Yeah, I don't like uh, Nightcrawler's pants, even though that's what they look like in the movie. Yeah, I, Nightcrawler with those like tattoos is a little weird, but I do like the pop more than I like the movie version of Nightcrawler. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, pops makes a lot of things palatable. Like even that mystique, like I don't yeah, like that he, design, but I like the pop. It's so funny though because I like Starfire palatable. Wait, say that again, Jay. So pop can't make Black Starfire palatable. Oh, wait till you see the pop. They'll make her no, orange. <laughs> it's so funny though because you know pops are of course like, you know they. I mean they try to kind of get like the most iconic, like, um, and and minimalistic kind of version of the character right so you just like you kind of break it down to its basics but it's it's so interesting because i'm looking at that mystique and i'm like if you had read a comic book and you know you know who mystique is and then you see this pop but you've never seen a movie and you see this pop you don't you're not going to know that's mystique yeah like that's good you're just gonna be like what is that like there's no it is not there's not enough of Mystique in that character for you to be like, oh, that's Mystique. As opposed to, like, say, Nightcrawler. Like, you could say that same situation. But if you look at that pop, you're like, oh, that's Nightcrawler. Like, but why does he have that weird outfit on? Or you could do the same thing for Beast. You're like, oh, okay. Like, it's Beast, like, as a professor. I wish I was a Magneto fan. Are you not a Magneto fan? No, I mean, I am, but not, like, 
I mean, I don't read enough X Men anymore to be like, oh, I love Magneto like that, you know? Mm, so, because that Michael Fassbender one looks looks really good. Oh no, it's a it's a great a great pop. But you know what's gonna suck is that these are gonna be bobbleheads. Mm. And well, I, why is that so sucky? Because they the head bobbles. I don't want my pop's heads bobbling. Like I want I mean, them to just be flat, like stagnant heads. It only bobbles if you touch it, or if there's an earthquake. <laughs> I, I don't want to tell you, bro. I'm just saying, like, if you don't want it to bobble, then just don't touch it. No, but it, it's it, so. Here's the thing: my my Spider-Man one, OG Spider-Man one. It they put the spring in wrong, so you can see that he looks like he's one of those African village queens with the thing on his neck, the coil mm-hmm. on his neck, and that he, he looks like that. And then I got my, racist. huh? That's racist. No, it's not racist. Why is it racist? <laughs> that I don't like it's that not. it looks like an African queen. <laughs> <laughs> like I want, like if they do that to Storm like that with the coils, and you know maybe, but the thing is, you know, sometimes they they just get lack in how they put them together, and it's so unnecessary to have them be. Of bobbleheads like it really is there's no point in it um or you could you could keep it in the box <sighs> you've never have you opened a pop uh no i haven't look that's your homework tomorrow when you come on at 10 45 i want you to have taken one of your pops out of the box okay it is well, one of why? the most scary satisfying feelings in the world like I love them out of the box. I didn't why, think why I would. Why is it scary? Because it won't be in the box anymore. It won't be new in box. But who cares? Uh, clearly, you do. You haven't taken any of them out. I, I just haven't had a place to set them yet, so I haven't taken them out. But I mean, I would take all of mine out, honestly, just because I, I'm not the type of collector that like. Put, keeps things in the box just you know like oh well it might be worth something one day or you know like i i'm just not that dude like i i buy toys to play with them <laughs> you know or at least to display them so it's like like all my all the pops i have are in box only because i don't have a place to actually like put them like a home for them you know what i mean so what are you waiting like, for like a, a fifth bedroom or something not not a fifth bedroom, but definitely more space to to actually put them out in a way that is substantive. Yeah, and it's like for now because I know that you know the space I have is limited, and like chances are they're gonna move from where they are to someplace else or even be put away in storage. It, it makes more sense for them to stay in the box. But I'll open one. I, I got this. Uh, does it need to be a Marvel pop? Or can it be something else? No, well, I would do a Marvel because that's the bobblehead. Like, you'll see how terrible it is when you when you actually pull it out of the box. Like, okay, you just uh, say what? Burr put a GIF in chat, and that woman has too much stuff in her kitchen. <laughs> 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 
That's Larry Ooh. with his pops. All in the pops. <laughs> I don't I don't have that many pops. No, I know. Oh, <laughs> it's like I do. I mean, I have more than I would have thought I would have had, though, because I did get the the original that original X-Men set. And then they also made like a set of gargoyles. And so I got most of those. OK, so so which ones do you have? I'm going to see which one you're going to open. I have those that I listed and then I have. Uh, Voltron the legendary defender one and then i also have like i've been collecting um like first class pops so i have like a 90s cyclops and i have an archangel and i have an iceman so like different versions of of those what do you say jay archangel isn't in first class I mean, I uh, like I said, I have different versions of the first class. Archangel is a version of Angel, right? You need Angel. You need the actual Angel. Yeah, uh, like Zoe Kravitz? No, different Angel. I mean, you, like you talk about... <laughs> Zoe like, Kravitz I, was I, in first class. I I have an angel pop, Joe. I have I have two angel pops. I have the first class one, and then I have the the. Well, actually, is that the X Factor one? The one the actually it's not X Factor because it's it's just the the first costume he had after the original costume with the halo on it. Hmm. The red and white one. So yeah, I have, I have both of those. Okay. So, yeah, so I got I got three three versions of Angel, which I'm not mad at. Like, it makes me happy. I'm gonna start collecting <laughs> first class ones, but from that movie. No, you just no, need the, the first good class angel. ones not from that movie, huh? No, you just need the good Angel. Listen, this is this is when I like, you know how angry I would be if there was a a pop of that Angel, and not the other one. Because, like, we just started getting to the point where we got, like, some angel pops. Like, in the last, like, year, all three of those have come out. But, yeah. So, they should... Uh, I'm not saying they're not going to make it. Because, Lord knows, they've made much more obscure pops than that. But... Or maybe not. I don't know. That I mean, that angel's kind of obscure. But she was in a movie. Yeah, I, I guess that's true. Dude, how do you even get that much stuff? <laughs> uh, Burr, I mean, sorry, Hecht asks, uh, what am I getting? He says, I'll get the Wolverines. Fuck, might get those Magnetos too. He says, the bobble barely works. He goes, he goes, I guess it would work in an earthquake. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Larry, you're going to see the, the, the bobble is pointless and it sucks. Like, open, that, open up that one of your Marvel ones and open up one of your, uh, uh, like, I feel bad telling you to open it, like, for the show. I'll open it. Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't have a problem. Like, I can put it back in the box after I open it. It's not the same. 
I feel like this is your own. This is like your own trauma here, Mo. Like I don't. I don't think I'm gonna feel what you want me to feel. Oh, you'll feel it all right. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. You'll feel everything I want you to feel. Every inch. Oh. Of it. Um. No. Uh. Like open up that that Voltron. Okay. And then open up one of the Marvel ones, and you see like the non bobble is way better than the bobble. Okay. I'll I'll take a look. And yeah. Now the 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 Voltron's a little oversized. Does that matter, or that's okay? Ah, uh, you lucky bastard! Why? Because you have one of the oversized ones. Oh, it's not huge now. No, no, I know it's just ones, bigger. But... No, I, I look. I don't. I can't speak to the oversized ones because I only have the small ones. But you'll still feel it with the small ones. But okay, yeah, I know because I wanted the oversized uh, Thor Ragnarok Hulk. But I didn't get it. And then gotcha. when I went back to the store and asked if they would have it again, the guy said he didn't know. <laughs> He's, the way he told that story made it sound so sad. <laughs> it, <laughs> like, it was only three sentences, but I was like, oh. It was like that. I know. See, even Boston got into it. Boston was like, oh, my God. Like, he feel, he's feeling it. Don't cry, Boston. He's like a crying He'll find it cat. one day. Yeah. But yeah, uh, there's more news, but we'll get to it later. If there's anything you guys want to talk about before we leave, we can. I'm good. All right. How about you, Jay? Yeah, I'm good. Let me uh, uh, play this wrap-up music. All right. Jay, final thoughts? I'd just like to congratulate the crew and cast of She-Ra and the Princesses of Power. They had an amazing final season. I'm glad they got to get uh, the stuff they were trying to get in put into the ending. Um, congratulations. I wish it weren't a fight, but uh, you got it. You did it. And yeah, congratulations. Cool. Moses Magnum, final thoughts? Uh, stay tuned for a review. Well, stay tuned. We're going to be reviewing Nightwing 70s. Hopefully Oz got it already. He refuses to read the digital copy, even though DC put that out. Uh, he still can't get Nightwing 70 for some reason, even though they put it out weeks ago. Mm. That's the one that came out this past, that Tuesday? Yeah. Okay. Word. For the entire Fantastic Forum, thank you all so much for hanging out with us. We do appreciate you. We'll be back next week. Uh, next week, I'm sorry. Tomorrow morning. Jeez. I like. We'll be back tomorrow morning. Come hang out with us. Um, in the meantime, make sure you check us out on social media. Hit us up. Fantastic Forum on Instagram. Let us know what's going on with you. This is Fantastic Forum live only on allgames.com. Mm-hmm.